coming up on this week's episode of Dad's on Film. And then later on, he had a nosebleed <laughs> and blamed it on the muscles. Life isn't about waiting for the storm to pass. It's about learning to dance in the rain. And I was just like, oh my God, this is absolutely amazing. I, I can't walk into, I can't look around someone's house without going into a bathroom and saying, do you know what this room says to me? Aqua, which is French for water. <laughs> 1442 and it doesn't look unlike it. it's like 1782 or whatever. <laughs> I love when it counts down to record it goes 6, 3, 2, 1. <laughs> Hi. Are you rustling? Stop rustling. Sorry, it's a galaxy chocolate bar. I need it. Oh no. I'm treating myself tonight. Um, that's a large glass of red Me wine too. you got there, David. Yes, it is. Um, it is. What you got? What, Here we go. What is it? Oh. Is it that? Is it that crap one you tried to put me on? Um, it's the crap one that you always drink. Oh yeah, <laughs> nice. Campo Viejo. Yeah, I've got a taste for Rioja since getting back from Spain. Um, yeah, it's nah. good stuff. I like I'm joined white by Rioja. my wife. She's a. Uh, ooh, I like a white um, uh, sangria. Have you had a white sangria before? Yeah, yeah. We were having them in Ibiza. That's yeah. It's yeah. We had them in Mexico. It was amazing. Yeah. We're also having so we Prosecco had... sangria. Ooh, Prosecco sangria. So for the third time, you can introduce me to your wife for the third time. We're joined by my very stressed wife. She's sat on the sofa. Say hi, man. Why? Are you in your new house? She's just waving. We are. <laughs> hey. Give me a tour. Say hi, Max. Uh, Hi, Max. I mean, the children the children are in bed. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I mean, give me a tour. <laughs> no. Give me a tour of that room. Okay, so this is uh, this is the kitchen down. Well, kitchen right, kitchen. Mm-hmm. There, there's that's the living room. This is going to be. I'm pointing at the screen where the TV is. That's going to be like a, a a unit with like shelves and stuff, and the TV is going to be mounted. Obviously, yeah. Then we've got like a dining area here. Uh, nice. That is Wilson the tortoise in the background. Oh, is he still um, around? And then he is still around. He was. Uh, he lived at Max's mum's for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, because okay. we didn't have any room for him. Uh, and then right. yes, yeah, so that's a utility and a toilet in there. And then there's a door here into the hallway. And then there's like the playroom for kids. And then upstairs. Bedrooms and things like that. Um, I, I viewed a house with my parents the other day. Not for me. Oh, did you? Um, oh, right. Okay. And uh, I, I can't walk in. I can't look around someone's house without going into a bathroom and saying, "Do you know what this room says to me? Aqua, which is French for water." <laughs> <laughs> I keep winding Max's mum up because, um, like, bless her in the nicest possible way. It's like my my tastes in. Um, like decor differ from Max's mum's, and that's absolutely fine. Um, yeah. But what I always say to wind her up is like, I'll go in like when we're planning, like let's say we're planning our bathroom tiles or something like that. I say, you know what, this is m- missing. Just big letters on the wall, just saying soak <laughs> on like in the bathroom above the bed. You know what, this is missing. Just big letters on the wall, just saying dream. <laughs> and she's just like, God. Home, home, home is where the heart is. Life isn't <laughs> yeah. about wait. Life isn't about waiting for the storm to pass. It's about learning to dance in the rain. Yeah, this kitchen is for singing, uh, eating, and dancing. 
love it, love it. Um, um, yes, <laughs> cool. You know, I didn't tell you about last week, and I think this is good podcast material. Um, so you, uh, <laughs> so the last time I saw you in person, you were speaking to Max's dad about uh, Huel or whatever it's called. Oh yeah, I'm trying to get is he on it on a bit of a bit of a. He's not, uh, but <laughs> trying to push his uh, expand his. Uh, Waistline. Uh, culinary. <laughs> no, I'm expanding his culinary horizons. Okay. So yeah. he's, he's quite particular about what he likes. Um, but when we were in Spain, I got him, uh, we went for a meal for his birthday and I, I got mussels. And I said, yeah. Paul, you know what you should do? You should try these mussels. And he was like, not not eating that. And I was like, come on, just try them. Like, Zach was eating mussels. He's like one years old and he was eating mussels <laughs> and loving it. And uh, so I was like, come on, Paul, I'll cut up a little bit. She birthday, just try it. And he was like, all right, I'll try it. So I gave it to him. He was like, oh, oh, shit, it's shit. And then later on, he had a nosebleed <laughs> and blamed it on the muscles. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's, uh, I mean, yeah. my mother... I thought you'd my like mother, you look... Yeah, my mother-in-law in a similar sort of way with food. She just likes what she likes, so... There's a, yeah. I mean, there's a story. I mean, there's, 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 there's nothing wrong with that. There's a, there's a story about when over in Spain when um, my brother-in-law took all the family out to a big, beautiful fish restaurant like, by the seaside, yeah. specialised in fish, gorgeous fresh mm. catch and everything like that. She had chicken and chips. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, what was the uh, Ollie who you used to live with? He just didn't. He just used to eat. Chicken. Oh God, that was it. Yeah, and waffles yeah, or basically. something like that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, what? what have you been up to? <laughs> uh, I've had um, I've I've had a rough week, rough week of work and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I've I've um, gone full on hot, like putting everything into into stuff to do with work Podcast. the last few weeks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and then and then after Friday, that all kind of finished. Not the way mm. I, I might have, not in the way I might have liked it to finish. That project kind of, finished, let's say. That that project came to an end and I've kind of like <laughs> cliff edged and crashed and I've been like, Oh well, at least I'm gonna spend a load of time doing stuff I love, which is which is mm. this. So good. there you go. Um <laughs> so it's all good. And uh, I basically had a weekend of doing very little, tried to, you know, eventually got relaxed a little bit once I've wound down to everything mm. and uh, and here we are. What about yourself? You've been just uh, house stuff? Uh, yeah, just moved. I've got got a van. Got um, uh, Stewie, Mark, and Lever helped us lug stuff around on on Saturday. Um, yeah, and it was just a case of you know just moving stuff, unpacking stuff. We're still unpacking. Where it was still a mess, but it's it's feeling a little bit more homely, which is which is lovely. Um, Have you got my room ready? Gradually yet? start sort of decorating. Uh, it's, I mean, it's pretty much ready. Yeah, there's a. Big double bed in there and stuff. So yeah, we'll, oh, we'll discuss arrangements for uh, in a few weeks for when when you guys come down. Excellent. excellent. I'm, I'm in with I you. Yeah. What else I've done? You're in with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good. <laughs> uh, cool. Anyway, it's not even a joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, um, Brill, have you seen any movies this week? I've seen a few movies this week, actually, Gregory. Yes. I, Anyone? Any um, you want to tell me about now? I mean, yeah, I'll tell you about two films I watch now, and I'll drag it out as long as we can. Okay. <laughs> so I I finally watched Spiderhead, which was the uh, the Joseph Krasinski directed film. So obviously he did. Um, he's just done Top Top Gun Maverick, but he he'd done 
um, Oblivion, Tron Legacy, and, and a few others. But this is the new, it's Chris Hemsworth and Miles Teller. And basically what it is, is it's set on this island and it's like a penitentiary island called Spiderhead. And Chris Hemsworth is the, the head of this like pharmaceutical agency. And what they do is they get um, prisoners who have got like, I mean, I say fairly long sentences. I don't think Miles Teller's sentence is that long, but what they do is they get them in and they sort of, it's um, it's like an open prison essentially. And it doesn't feel like a prison at all. They've, you know, they can move freely they can have phone calls whenever they want and it's like a tro- it's on like a tropical island as well so it's like it, they, they, they haven't got it too badly um but they uh, they have clinical trials basically and that's that's the sort of catch they can live quite comfortably but they they get all these sort of drugs trialed on them um and they start uh, there's a sort of twists and turns along the way um it was all right. Uh, I think it was Netflix kind of like pushed it out and forgot about it. So I think that sort of says a lot about it. Um, Chris Hemsworth, Brill, he's he's great and he's he takes a bit of a villainous. There's not really a, a spoiler because you see it coming. You are. You're not on the Wi-Fi. You're not. You're listening to, oh, on your phone or the laptop, both. Okay. Good. <laughs> All right. <laughs> anyway, before I was rudely cheers, interrupted. Cheers for the edit point, Max. <laughs> yeah, thanks for that edit point there, Max. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, yeah, Hemsworth, you are? Make things more challenging. You make everything more challenging, woman. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, Hemsworth takes like a bit of a... Um, Bit of a villainous turn, sort of towards the end, which is which is quite cool. I've only ever really seen him do like you know full on villain before in uh, Bad Times at the El Royale, which is like a really really cool film. Um, but yeah, other than that, there's not much really to like about it. I think it, it thinks it's a lot cleverer than it is. You're waiting for this big twist to kind of happen that never really comes or doesn't really pay off. Miles Teller is Miles Teller just doing his thing and he's got a bit of a weird mullet that I, I didn't really like all the way through it. So, um, yeah, I think it. I think personally what it is is it was either filmed ages ago or he's made it in the... <laughs> Thanks, the Russian as well. Or he's made it sort of... All right, good. Or he's made it during the post-production of uh, Top Gun Maverick, which I think is more likely because Top Gun Maverick was filmed like ages and ages ago and obviously the pandemic sort of pushed it all back. So, um, yeah, I watched Spiderhead and it was fine. And that's all. The reason, I'm, the, the reason I've not said it for the last four minutes, <laughs> I was listening, David, um, but I was uh, devouring an entire big bowl of uh, galaxy chocolate. So Nice. Um, Excellent. But, but thanks for your review. Cheers. That was, uh, yes. what was it called again? Spider Head. Spider Head. Spider Head, based on a short story. Um, I have another film I can t- I would like to talk about, but have you watched anything um, that you want to talk I, I, about now? Funnily enough, I just finished watching it about 15 minutes ago, just before we uh, mm-hmm. started recording. I watched a film that I mentioned uh, the other week as part of uh, What's on the Box, and it's a film uh, that I saw the trailers for about six months ago when I was going to the cinema. I was always like, yeah, I really want to see that. And it kind of came to the cinemas for about a week and then disappeared. And this is uh, Ali and Ava, uh, which stars, it's, um, what's it called, Adil Akhtar, from, uh, mm. as, as in Fessel from uh, Four Lions, and uh, Claire, Claire Rushbrook, as well, uh, Rushbrook as well. But it's written and directed by uh, Cleo Barnard. I don't know if you've heard much of Cleo, Cleo Barnard, but she's no. done, um, she did The Selfish Giant, uh, which was like a big you know, big one at Cannes, yeah. sort of a few years ago in the Arbor and stuff like that. 
she did, you know, this Apple TV uh, series called the Essex Serpent with uh, Tom, yeah, Hiddleston, yeah, yeah, Tom with Hiddleston. Tom Hiddleston. Yeah, yeah. So she, she's, she, yeah, she's been doing all, all that sort of stuff. So basically, Adil Lactar plays Ali, Claire Rushbrook plays, plays Ava, and it's set in uh, Bradford. And it's very much sort of like social realism, a bit like, it's had very similar feels to, remember Rocks, that film we saw uh, yeah, 18, yeah. 18 months ago that we both like really, really liked. Very much the sim- similar sort of vibe in that sort of social realism, but rather than being a sort of teenage, coming of age sort of drama thing, this is essentially a love story, but a beautiful love story about two people who, for various reasons, like they don't, they they find each other. Ava is a teaching assistant. Uh, Ali is um, a landlord who's a bit sort of hapless, and uh, they they find each other through sort of chance and grow to really like each other. But for various reasons, they can't. They shouldn't really be together. There's family members who are against it. Uh, they've both got sort of a uh, not a checkered past, but they carry bring a lot of baggage with them. Uh, but it's the way their relationship kind of works through that and around that. Very simple story, really. It's about an hour yeah. and a half, but it's just gorgeous because a few reasons. Firstly, they use as a sort of thread that weaves throughout the whole film. They use a lot of music for it. So when they first meet and they're having the conversation, like they are chalk and cheese in their music tastes. Uh, Ali likes sort of techno, and he sort of used to be a DJ. When he says to Ava, "What do you like?" She, uh, he, she says, "I like country music," and he's like, "Country music? You don't be ridiculous!" And it's almost like the relationship could have just ended there. And he goes, "Go on, give me some other music you like." And she goes, "Folk," and, he, and he's like, "That's ridiculous." <laughs> but as part of the plot, he then goes and gets a ukulele and starts learning like Bob Dylan on the ukulele, and it's just beautiful. But the performances of Vidi Lactar and Claire Rushbrook are just so. Perfect, and so mm. I don't know. I, I was sort of transfixed, transfixed on them, especially Claire Rushbrook. She's got these. She did this eye acting, like she's got these gorgeous <laughs> eyes that you get sort eye of draw. Yeah, honestly, like, and she, I mean, I, I do like Tar. I think it's amazing anyway. And it's nice to see him when I'm used to seeing him in these sort of comedy roles. He's mm. very much playing it straight, sort of dramatic role, and it's really, really good. And it was released on Netflix a couple of weeks ago. And it's 95 wow. minutes, and as you know, uh, I, I love a 95-minute film, and I definitely think you should go and watch it and let me know what you think. Oh, well, um, I'm trying to think how many films I watched. Was it just the one, a two, a one, two, three, four? I'm Dave. And I'm Greg. And we love watching films. Great films. Bad films. Blockbusters. Classics. Indie films. Cheesy films. Superhero films. But as dads, we especially love watching family films with our kids. So we've made a podcast all about it. This is Dads on Film. Well, you can have that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah oh. I'll take that one. Um, cool, man. Wicked. Um, I saw a... Um, Another film, sorry. <laughs> we can just talk about all these films we've seen. And I've got a few questions. I think we should do some TV yeah. chat as well, because I've watched some TV okay. as well. Um, 
So, I also watched uh, the latest Alex Garland film. So, Alex Garland, uh, we know sort of he wrote The Beach, he uh, wrote Sunshine, 28 Days Later, he directed Ex Machina, he directed Dread, he directed Annihilation a few years ago as well. Um, and this is the latest one that I watched, it's called Men, it came out uh, cool. just a few weeks ago actually. Um, stars Jesse Buckley, also we know from. Uh, I'm thinking of ending things. I'm thinking of ending things. Uh, uh, a really small cast actually it's Jesse Buckley, Rory Kinnear so obviously we know Rory Kinnear from uh, the Bond films Um, he's kind of like Q's well he's not Q is he but he's like you know what I mean? The ball yeah. guy from from Bond. Yeah. Like I don't know what his, his actual title is or whatever. Um, uh, but he's he's in loads of things. Um, and basically, yeah. what this film is, it's like it's it's a young woman. Um, she's called Harper. Yeah, she's called Harper. Uh, played by Jesse Buckley. And basically, at the very start of the film, <laughs> it's it's so strange. She's like, we we see her in an apartment. It's obviously in London, and she's just looking. Mm. She's got a, a bloody nose, and she's just looking out the window. And then all of a sudden, we just see a man fall, like, okay. like basically, like he's jumped from from above okay. her. Jesus! And she's just like, oh. um, and then it cuts, and then yeah. we find her. She's she's um, gone on like a basically like a country retreat. She's had, uh, you know, um, booked this big house, this big manor house, essentially in the countryside, and she's going to take some time. And we soon find out that that was her husband, uh, and circumstances it's kind of left up to you to decide whether he has killed himself or whether he he's had an accident and fallen to his death uh um so basically she goes to the countryside uh goes to the house and then she's she's greeted um by rory well one of rory kinnear's characters called jeffrey uh this like you know uh, country bumpkin kind of guy shows around the house and and you know and leaves her um, she then goes for a little walk through the woods, um, sees this sort of odd figure in the distance who starts sort of running towards her. So she legs it, but it's fine. Um, and then she goes into a pub, and we know, but she doesn't. She doesn't see it. But every single male character in this film, other than her husband, is played by Rory Kinnear. So he plays. Uh, he plays Jeffrey. He plays the pub landlord, so he's got some big like mutton chops. He plays two sort of chavvy guys in the pub. He plays a police officer. He plays a priest with like long silver hair. He plays a ten-year-old boy, which is very surreal, and they've done sort of face replacement stuff. Um, and it's this very very odd, but f- I mean the first the first two acts are a bit weird but it's not that weird it's it's you know it's just you kind of like oh i kind of get what they're doing and then the third act is for want of a better word batshit crazy like absolutely bonkers wow and so much so that it it completely ruined the film for me so the the first two acts i'm like okay I get what we're doing. It's it's a bit strange, and you know he's playing all those characters. It's it's trying to say something. I I, I kind of get it, and it's a bit weird. And there's a lot of kind of like lingering shots of her like walking through the country. There's lots of like repetitive noises and things like that in the soundtrack. But then the third act, it's it's as I say, it's it's trying to say something. I kind of think I know what it's trying to say, but it's so strange. It's a detriment to the film, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not going to give it. I won't give it away on the podcast. I'll, I'll say it to you. I was just like, "What the f- am I watching?" It, it's so odd. Oh yeah. God. Exactly. And I was getting a lot of 
I think if anything vibes. Her husband was thinking of ending things. Um, yeah. And, yeah, it was kind of crap. And I was surprised because Alex Garland is absolutely fantastic. Well, he but wrote 28 Days Later. It felt, he, wrote, he wrote 28 Days Later. He wrote uh, The Beach. He wrote Sunshine. All these amazing films. And then directed some pretty great films as well. Um, mm. But I'm, I get the impression it's another one of these, co- air quotes, COVID films because it's so self-contained. It feels very low budget, apart from there's some like pretty amazing special effects, uh, visual effects. Um, but it, it, you know, there's like four characters, and well, there's a lot of characters, but there's only like four actors in the entire film, and it feels very like you know, like we had in uh, In the sure. Earth, that very like you know, mm. let's put up with what we've got. And it, I don't know, it's it was it was it was a bit too weird, and ultimately not very good. Alex Garland, which I was surprised about. Um, wow! So yeah, okay, that is available on uh, on on street, uh, you know, uh, video on demand and all that sort of stuff. Very weird, very weird. Don't think I'll bother. Anyway, <laughs> no, yeah. I would. I really would. Rory is great in it because he's, you know, he's such mm. a screen presence. He really is wonderful, especially as Jeffrey, the kind of the bumpkin. Uh, but uh, it, it doesn't save it. Ultimately, it's a shame. So yeah, there you go. I've got a I've got a question for you, David. Ask you. Okay, great. Chilling out, Rioka. What is coming up on this episode of Dad's on Film? Thank you so much for asking. Okay, cue that music. All right, next we are looking at last week's movie chain, which was Joker. Um, then we've got some film news. After that, we are looking at the latest Netflix, technically a TV release, but we're gonna. It, it's kind of a film, Man vs. B. Then we're gonna have a little bit of TV chat, actually, for first time in a while. Then we are going to jump back on that movie train and then we're going to be looking at what is on the box. Shall we do this? Sounds good to me. Take a breath. Take. <laughs> we're done. Ha Good stuff. <laughs> Last week we were at the Idris Elba film Hard of the Fall and we took the Zazie Beats line over back towards the Todd Phillips Joker from 2019. Mm. Yeah, 2019. Mm. So here we are. So this is, uh, if you are, it was a Joker, it's a Joker origins film. Uh, that kind of. <laughs> so, yeah, um, that took it completely separate to the rest of the DC Extended Universe. Does it count as DC Extended Universe, this one? I don't think it does, I does think it? it does, because I think any any, right. any any DC film is in the... Is, in the extended, extended universe, but you just don't know yeah. where it sort of fits into it all. If if it, I don't think it does fit into any of it, which is which is fine. I quite like that. Yeah, so it's it's but it's kind of it's a psychological thriller really, and it's Joaquin Phoenix mm. plays Arthur Fleck, who yeah. clearly later later becomes Joker. But as Arthur Fleck, he's mentally ill. He's he he thinks he's a comedian. Lives with his mother or cares very much for his mother, uh, mm. but he's got a history of abuse and. He, he he has a job. He has a job being one of those bored men on the streets, spinning yeah. signs and things like that. But every, you know, he knows, he recognizes that he doesn't fit into the world. The world's a little bit against him. People, he's sort of bullied a little bit, and one thing leads to another over time. And basically, what you see is his slippery demise into mm. what's eventual. Eventually, by the end of the film, he becomes Joker or the Joker. Uh, if you like, uh, Zazie Beats plays his neighbour Sophie, who 
you you never know. The clever thing with this film is you never know whether what you're seeing is mm. is true because it's all from the perception. I think of there Arthur. is there's a payoff with all that at the end. Um, yeah, you know it, it sort of it does explain give you some answers with regards to that. But and 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 that's as much as I love this film, and I really do love this film. I love how different it is to all the other. Mm. All the, all the other sort of comic book superhero films that you get. I, th- I love how dark it is. I love how, you know, dirty Gotham is. And, mm. and uh, I, you know, I, I love how much, how brave, how much it was so brave to take that sort of darker take and plunge into that sick world that made Arthur Fleck become Joker. Mm. At the same time, there's, it does some stuff that I very much, I remember thinking at the cinema in the time, why have you done that? So whilst mm. I'm very much a believer of like not a good film shouldn't have to basically hold your hand and say this is what's going on. Did you did you get what's going on? Mm. Here I'm going to show you what's going on. Like a good film should leave you as the viewer, have to give you enough credit to kind of go, yeah. I see what's going on here. But there's a there's a turning point in this film where it literally does like flashbacks, doesn't it, and goes back mm. through the story yeah. and says. In case you didn't catch it, here you go. This is it. You know, you know what I mean. I just don't, I can remember thinking, yeah. you, didn't need to do, you didn't need to do that. I was there. Thanks very much. You know what I mean. Mm. But uh, yeah. and it's a little bit on the nose, a bit, little bit on the nose with some bits, especially to do with sort of Thomas and Martha Wayne yes, and um, mm. the, and the and the stuff at the end. And there's a bit where he, he meets who again, like you, you meet him. It's like you, you go in. Oh yeah! Oh, cool. That's Bruce Wayne. But it basically goes, "This is Bruce Wayne," and, and it's like it doesn't really need that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Might as well have a big it, neon it sign. Fe- it feels like all the all the Wayne stuff was an afterthought. You know what I mean? Or DC had said, "Well, we need you have to at least include what the yeah. Wayne's in some sort of way." And they're like, "Oh, right, okay. Well, let's do this." You know Definitely. what I mean? So, yeah. Um, I, I, the way I see it with this film, it's like if it wasn't set in Gotham, yeah, it would have absolutely nothing to do with Batman in the slightest. No, and, you know and the way, yeah, and and with that, it absolutely doesn't. It's not shy of its influences. Uh, very clearly, the King of Comedy, mm. yes, uh, like nineteen eighty, yeah, nineteen eighties, this sort of De Niro, thing. and so much so. Robert De Niro is in this film as a talk mm. show, as a talk show host, um, which. You know, it's it's pretty on the nose there, but I quite you know I don't mind that at all really. I, well, the, I really, the rumor well, was the rumor was Scorsese was producing it. Um, yeah, he but then he, he he sort of dropped out sort of quite late, quite late into sort of pre-production apparently, um, or maybe even yeah. he was set to direct it and then maybe that no I don't think that's the case. But yeah, yeah. He, he was involved in some way and then and then dropped out. So, um, I mean, the, yeah, the the incredible thing about this film is Joaquin Phoenix. I think his yeah. portrayal of Joker is so perfect. Uh, and and this is a character whereby you'd think you'd think people run scared of after Heath Ledger because mm. that that was that was such an unbelievable performance. And since then. You know, you've had he who should should not be named, like almost (laughs) trying to do a version of the Heath Ledger Joker that just completely sort of fell flat. But for Joaquin Phoenix to take this, and whilst in some ways it's very true to the similar sort of same sort of 
ancestry, if you like, of Heath Ledger's mm. Joker. At the same time, it's so completely different. And the best thing, the best thing for me about this film is what Joaquin Phoenix does with this character is his demise is so entirely believable. Like it, it, you almost feel he's justified in his actions somewhat, mm. you know, for, for taking those steps to become Joker and you feel sorry for him, for, you know, to some extent in the most part. So uh, yeah, I think for this, it's all, I mean, what, what amazes me for this film is, is it's Todd Phillips film. And yeah. it, 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 <laughs> still, it still baffles me to this day that Todd Phillips made this film. Uh, and, and I think partly that's why it's, it, it sits in contrast so much to the rest of Tom, Tom, Todd Phillips' back catalogue, if you like, that mm. you know it's, it really stands out for me. I really like it, and I think it's a film that periodically I will continue to go back to every two or three years. So, mm. yeah, what do you reckon to Joker? I like it. Um, I really liked it when I first watched it. On second viewing, I, I'm not as big a fan as, as, as I was. I think all... all Majority of your positive points that you've just said, I, I completely agree with. You know, Joaquin is, is brilliant in it. I love that sort of seventies grimy, sort of seventies eighties aesthetic. The the Scorsese influence, yeah, it's a bit on the nose, but we, you know, it, it's still quite quite interesting. Great supporting cast. That sort of demise, as you say, is 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 wholly believable. Um, for me, and and I, and I like the idea that almost he's almost like the accidental. Um, uh, icon, you know, he doesn't he doesn't mean to do a lot of the stuff that he does, and and uh, essentially um, kind of causes this ginormous riot by accident, which I think is quite is quite funny to us. You know, there's a sick humor there behind it. The thing I I don't like more so in, in the second view in this how sort of it really sort of um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's it's not. It's very, very heavy-handed with the sort of mental illness stuff. It's like, yeah. I've got a mental illness. I can, so that means I can do this. Do you know what I mean? That means I, I can be violent. I can do, and it's like, well, no, that's not, that's not how it works. And I, I, I don't know. I just feel like it's, um, it's not subtle, and it almost uses. He, he's all Todd Phillips is almost thought, trying to. He thought, I'm going to be dead smart now. I'm going to do this sort of this like satire around you know mental illnesses and th- you know things like that. Um, and I'm going to be really subtle about it. And, and it, it's not. And I think they just the way they sort of mention it all the time. And he and he's he, he, so much so when he, he sat on the talk show and he's like, he, he when he's arguing with De Niro, it's like making fun of somebody with a mental illness and i don't i don't know i just feel like it it, it felt a little bit um, yeah bad taste bad taste to a certain extent i don't know i that was just my kind of come come away that's not even a word um yeah, yeah take I don't away. Know. if yeah, take. that's not the most delicately um <laughs> explained point but i think maybe what you, what you get what i well, mean um, yeah, but i think so yeah the thing the thing is with with everything to do with the Batman universe and Arkham Asylum and things like that, you know mm. that 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 idea of mental illness has always been sort of woven. It's been a stem yeah. of a, of a lot of Gotham mm. and especially especially the antagonists in the Batman universe. They've all got something to do with some sort of mental illness and connection yeah. to to Arkham Asylum, really. So that's always mm. there, and I didn't feel like it was. Using that to excuse it as much as explain it, 
I don't know. Mm. I, yeah, I, 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 I didn't get that feeling as much. But more more so for me, it was the, the abusive past, I think, was, yeah. was the sort of, again, not the excuse, but like, but, but very, very sort of understandable demise of him. You know, to, you know what I mean? Like it all, it's funny, it all, it's it makes funny isn't it? We, we we both watched that other Joaquin Phoenix film, the Lynn Ramsey directed one, and we spoke about this before on the podcast. You were never really here. Uh, was that's yeah? You were never really here, and it's so mm. similar to Joker. It's mm. it's got that sort of odd fractured relationship with the mother um, mm. that leads him to become very violent, and it's. Uh, I thought, find that very interesting how he chose those two roles really quite close to each other, you know, a yeah. year or two apart, something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But how they can be done in, in two, com- well, maybe not completely different ways, but quite drastically different sort of tones and things like that. Anyway, yeah. interesting. Um, jury's out, I think. I think I think I might let it sit for a, another sort of year and then watch it again. Maybe I'll enjoy it. I'll watch it again before Joker 2 comes out, I think. Oh, we'll yeah. see, see how I feel about it then. <laughs> Would you say then, Gregory, that Joker is Top Gun Maverick or Homesick, a maniac with a suitcase full of razor blades unleashes a hu- superhuman killer upon a group of kids in a small Alabama town. They must take up arms with an insane chili enthusiast if they want to survive. So that was Top Gun Maverick mm. or Homesick. <laughs> I, would, I would say that it is, but also is not Top Gun Maverick, please. <laughs> um, I think I will agree with you. I did. I do still enjoy the film. So there you go. Where can we see Joker, Gregory? Joker, I believe, is available on Netflix now. Is that right? Yes. I'm just going to make Maxine a drink. Okay. She's this is. <laughs> The news. <laughs> We're trying to record a podcast, and you are a thorn in my side, Uman. Um, is the news okay? Cool. <laughs> so, quite a lot of news this week. Actually, we got our first teaser trailer for Hocus Pocus two uh, okay. coming uh, on the thirtieth of September, straight to Disney Plus. I like it. I like. I, mean, I know we did it for sort of movie train a few uh, around sort of Halloween. Um, oh, I Kev suggested Hocus it. I, I really enjoy it. Was it Kev who suggested it? I think, yeah. Mm. Um, I like Hogus Pogus. I think it's a lot of fun, and it looks like it's the same sort of thing, and that's that's fine by me. And I've said this to Maxine before, um, and whether this is inappropriate, I, I do apologise to everybody, but um, Sarah Jessica Parker never really, um, you know, uh, had a bit of a, never really had a thing for Sarah Jessica Parker, apart from mm. in Hocus Pocus in, like, 1993 or something. We all used to, like, really fancy her when we were kids. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, she looks exactly the same in this one. <laughs> You're right, okay. Yeah, fair enough. just giving me the finger. So there you go. <laughs> uh, so I look forward to Hocus Pocus 2. Um, and and actually, and on the poster, so the, remember the whole thing about Hocus Pocus is like they find the brooms. One of them's got a broom. One of them's mm. got like a brush and the other one's got, she's riding a hoover. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, 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 because yeah, like yeah. They're, they're in the, the, 
you know, they've come yeah. from the past or whatever. Well, the poster yeah. for this is like, uh, it's all the silhouettes. So one of them's on a broom, one of them's on uh, like a, a bit more of a sweeping brush. And then the other ones uh, stood on, she's got two room, uh, Roombas, is it Roombas? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, you know, yeah, they're yeah, yeah. stuck to her feet. Robot and she's like flying on. <laughs> Brilliant. Very clever. I thought it was really funny. Uh, Very clever yeah. indeed. Yes. Yeah, so there you go. Hogs Pogus 2. I think it's like the 30th of September. Um, Judy Afterland. Ghostbusters. Afterlife. Oh, yeah. Uh, sequel, inevitable sequel, Ghostbusters Afterlife 2, uh, December 2023. And I'm like, so we felt a bit different about Ghostbusters Afterlife, didn't we? I really liked it. Mm. You were, the whole massage thing, you kind of, you got it, but you didn't enjoy it as much. Um, no. But I'm like, now I'm like, I don't mm. need a sequel to that. It was always going to happen, but... I, I, I don't I don't want Ghostbusters to now become this thing where they're churning out these sequels to the point where mm. nobody cares about it anymore. And I feel yeah. like we're going to get there quite quickly with that one, unfortunately. So we got a trailer for um, a new sort of mystery, murder mystery, comedy, murder mystery, murder mystery comedy. That makes sense. Yes, um, called See How They Run, um, set in the fifties in London around like a theater. And uh, Adrian Brody plays this. Uh, well, actually, I don't, don't really know who he plays, but you know, he, he gets killed at the beginning. It's mm. a bit of a whodunit off the, you know, like, like a knives out and almost like Ag- Agatha Christie kind of kind of thing. But it looked really fun and tongue in cheek. Uh, Sam S- Sam Rockwell doing a British accent, which they kind of don't show him talking too much in the trailer, which doesn't give me much hope. Uh, mm. Saoirse Ronan. Uh, is in there as well, and there's loads of people. It looks really good fun, actually. Um, I think so. Yeah. These like murder mysteries are, are all the rage now, aren't they? Off the back of uh, Knives Out and uh, the Glass Onion, which is coming soon. Yeah. So there we go. Yeah, okay. Uh, but yeah, it looks fine. Got a got a trailer for the a new romantic comedy starring George Clooney and Julia Roberts called Ticket to Paradise. They play a divorced couple who are going to I think it's like Bali or something like that. Um, to break up the uh, marriage of their daughter. Um, so I reckon George Clooney's seen, got the script, opened it and says, Barley, Julia Roberts. And he goes, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do it. Well, they, they, must, be, they must be really what, big that's what Michael K- Oh, yeah, they're really, really big mates from obviously from Ocean's Eleven and all that sort of yeah. stuff. Apparently that's what Michael Caine did when uh, in the 80s yeah. when Michael Caine was sort of uh, struggling a little bit, you know, uh, he was doing, taking a lot of roles for money, let's put it that way. He opened yeah. the script and it was Jaws for the Revenge and it says, open, yeah. Caribbean. Yeah. He goes, I'll do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> love it, love it, love it. So funny. But yeah, I mean, you know, George Clooney's always a likeable screen presence. Julie Roberts is, is amazing. So, uh, you know, it looks a bit naff, but I'm sure it'll be fun. There you go. Yeah, uh, yeah, a few absolutely. more, quite a lot of news actually this week. Um, okay. So the big rumour, and I've probably mentioned this, Month, you know, years ago, but actually, because he's he's in a new TV show, uh, Taron Egerton. Okay, we love mm. Taron Egerton. You know, uh, Elton and all that sort of stuff. Um, he's doing the rounds on the on the sort of interview circuit, and people have been asking him questions. Like, th- there's a lot of fan casting up, uh, for him uh, in Marvel, mm. and people have asking him, you know, have you have you met with Marvel about anything? And he says, yeah, I've, I've met with Kevin Feige about a particular role in Marvel. Um, he says, I don't know whether it's happening, but I've, I've discussed this a particular role with him. And everyone's like, Wolverine, he yeah. would be the perfect Wolverine because he's, you know, short, stocky, bloody massive, can grow yeah. a pretty killer beard and all that sort of stuff. So I think that would be 
excellent, excellent casting. Yeah. Um, so I think I think it's just a matter of time before they announce him personally. Cool. And then the final news, sticking on Marvel, apparently Andrew Garfield has signed a massive, massive deal with Marvel um, to return. But apparently it's not, and, and I'll probably be corrected later down the line, but from what I'm reading, it's not Sony, it's Marvel. So the big rumor is the building up to Secret Wars, which is like a huge, huge event in Marvel where it's like all the different universes they come together onto a planet, war planet, and just fight. Um, and the rumor is like the, the, they've signed the contract, so he's going to be in at least for for, the, for that sort of stuff. So, um, which I'm fine with because I think he's absolutely he, he's probably the best Spider Man. But he was we said this, but he was in the worst Spider Man films. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so uh, yeah. how what do you think about that, Gregory? I just can't help feel bad for Toby because, like, out of all this, and to- Toby's just like, ah, well, that was. Fun. I I'll think, just go I back think to Toby my life. was just like, I don't want to do those anymore. I, I had a great time, but I'm, I'm, I'm all right not doing those sorts of things now. So. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but anyway, maybe. there you go. Yeah, cool. And that was your news. Excellent. Should we do a bit of TV chat real quick before we uh, get into Man versus B? We've got a we've got a jingle still for TV, haven't we? It goes we like do. this. Yeah. Recording in front of a live studio audience. TV chat. TV chat. <laughs> yeah. So I have finished Obi Wan Kenobi. Oh, so have I. Where are you at with Obi Wan? Oh, you finished it. Oh, cool, man. Yeah, yeah, I finished it. I'm what sure I finished it by overall... last week. Oh, really? Yeah. Because oh, cool. you were in, in, um, in Spain when it when it finished, didn't you? So I'm not sure you'd have finished it last week. Yes. Yeah, I finished uh, it later last week sometime. So, um, uh, so what do you think? <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I don't. I guess like if you're into Marvel and you sort of want to kiss away from spoilers, you'll have already seen Obi Wan. Like, so I'm happy to. Do you mean Star speak Wars? Up. Not Marvel. What did I say? Sorry. Marvel. Start I mean, again. It's close enough. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, Disney. I, I guess if you're in Star Wars and you want to stay away from spoilers, uh, you'll have already seen Obi Wan. So, like, mm. I'm happy to do a completely sort of spoiler ridden uh, little chat about it. I, I, yeah. I'm not as I, I'm not as geeky in Star Wars as you by any <laughs> shot. Thank you. In fact, so much so that I've not even seen the most recent recent Star Wars film. And, it's not good. Yeah, no, well, it's why. And at some point, I may get around to sticking it on, but I'll have to sort of really be in the mood and get be committed. And I neither did I watch The Mandalorian. Mm. I um, I did enjoy. In fact, the most the best thing for me up until now that Disney have done with Star Wars is probably Rogue One. Uh, yeah. it, that kind of stands out for me as something that was really really enjoyable. And this is probably up there with that for me i i, I thought it i thought it was thoroughly entertaining i mean i'm a, I'm a massive mm. fan of you mcgregor anyway yeah and as bad as the prequel trilogy was mm-hmm. for me you know that was my younger brother elliot was so into that prequel trilogy yeah. right? completely obsessed had all the phantom menace merch and everything mm-hmm. like that we had little pod races around our house mm-hmm. and uh yeah i'm sure he had like a darth maul costume and darth maul lightsaber and stuff like that so to follow on from that trilogy, I've got quite a good sort of touchstone yeah. there in terms of where it's at. So I was like, okay, mm. I can get on board with this. I quite like this. And it's it's really nice in its own sense of being sort of standalone. Mm. But 
I really admired the fact that it just chucked everything at it in terms of not trying to be all sort of a bit sort of out there in terms of the obscure characters it might bring into it. Yeah. Although the, although the, there were a couple of interesting ones, like the, the guy who plays Leia's uh, adopted father. Yeah, what, Jimmy Schmidt. His name. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Schmidt. Yeah, Bay- he plays Bail Organa, yes. Yeah, Co- comes up in this as exactly the same actor playing exactly the same character mm-hmm. in here. But I, I, I didn't know what to expect watching this, but I was so impressed by the way that, you know, young Princess Leia's in it. And to, yeah. to an extent, although I'm guessing we're going to get him more in series two, young Luke's in it, and Darth mm-hmm. Vader's in it, and yeah. and and it's just full on, and it's such complete fan yeah. service. Obviously, like Darth Vader, Anakin Skywalker was the apprentice of Obi Wan and Qui Gon Jinn mm-hmm. in the prequel trilogy, and now you get to see Obi Wan Kenobi and Darth Vader, Anakin battling it out, a blue lightsaber and a red lightsaber flying around in the dark all over the place over. On, on at least two episodes um, and it's and for me that was even as someone who's not a massive fan I was thoroughly sort of taken in and entertained by that yeah by that even though it's sort of like completely contrived but then I loved I really loved sort of the new characters they were putting in there as well um, so in there as well you had um, uh, Rupert Friends in there as Grand Inquisitor uh, yeah I quite joined him uh, but for me, two two people early on in like episode one and two, you get Benny Safdie pops up as Nari, this Jedi yeah, that ends up yeah. getting hung, and uh, that's pretty cool. Um, Joel Edgerton's in there as as Owen, who is taking yeah. care of Luke, and uh, yeah. oh, well, he's, in, he's in the prequel. He's he's in the trilogy. It's the prequel, oh, is it Joel Edgerton uh, in the, in real, the trilogy? Yeah, really young Joel Edgerton. So they're like, we'll bring him back. Why not? Oh, Love amazing, it. amazing. Which I quite like. Uh, yeah. I, I love anything. We spoke about it last week, but I love anything where Flea pops up, and I think I, I just, mm. I, I genuinely think he's a really good actor. Um, yeah. I say Jimmy Jimmy Smith's in there. Even um, Zach Braff uh, pops up in there. Oh, he voices, he voices well. one of the um, things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, Kumail Nanjiani plays this <laughs> Hajar, this uh, this con artist um, who is yeah. sort of like the comic relief of the series. But yeah. I, I just think he's so wonderful and um, su- such an enjoyable character who is sort of um, starts off being you know a bit of a sort of antagonist and then ends up becoming like an ally um, of them as they're on this mission to uh, basically the whole overarching plot for anyone who doesn't know Obi Wan Kenobi uh, Princess Leia gets kidnapped by essentially yeah. by the Empire but purposely mm. to try and lure out Obi Wan Kenobi who's in hiding comes out of hiding so that for Reasons don't fully understand it. because he's like, you know, a major Jedi. They they need to wipe him out. What, is that is it, why? Why do they want to yeah, kill everyone? Order, it... order sixty six. They want to just all the well, all the Jedi's need. Yeah. They're supposed well, to die. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they they want to kind of flush out everyone. So that's the overarching mm. plot. And the little girl who plays Princess Leia is just unbelievable as well. Yeah, she's, she's brilliant. What what a wonderful little actor. She's she's mm. quality. Um, yeah, like I say, if if I they've done the job spot on. If someone like me, who's not even that bothered about Star Wars, gets completely taken mm. in by it, I, I was like, yeah. yeah, well done, fair enough. What about you, who's nice. someone who really is into Star Wars? <laughs> um, yeah, I really liked it. You know, uh, I, I liked. I think a lot of people came away from the first two episodes going, "Oh, it's a bit boring." Like he's, you know, it's, it's not, it's not very 
fast paced or anything. I'm, I'm like, yeah, that's the point. He's getting his mojo back and it takes yeah, yeah. you to maybe episode three or four for him to really sort of get back into the groove of it. And as soon as he does, the episodes get a bit quicker and, you know, like the, the pace sort of kicks in a little bit mm. more. And I, I thought that was a really smart move that they did. Um, mm. I agree with you. I, I was never a huge fan of the, the, the prequel trilogy, but what I did love in the prequel trilogy was the, the almost like um, the brotherly romance uh, or the brotherly love between Anakin and, and Obi-Wan. And I think it's so much, it, I think it needed this, you know, these six episodes stuck right, right back in, right bang in the middle of episode three and episode four to really sort of reinforce that, that sort of, um, that relationship and that love between Anakin and Obi-Wan. And it shows you just how utterly broken Obi is when, uh, and he's still, you know, 10 years later, he's still sort of, um, you know, heartbroken by what happened. Um, mm. I thought it was such a ball. I, I mean, Hayden Christensen isn't a big name anymore, really. You know, you don't really see him in much, but I think it's such a bold move bringing him back and shoving him in the Darth Vader suit. You see his face maybe twice in the, you yeah. know, oh, you know, there's a couple of flashbacks and things like that, but you see his face maybe twice. And I just think, wow, what a, what a, what a bold thing. Even him, you know, he could have just gone, you know what? you know i don't need i don't i don't need this he's still working and things like that. i don't really need to do it but he was like hell yeah i'm coming back as darth vader of course i am and, it, still, and it's brilliant and still james earl jones voicing darth vader though yeah but they do some cool things with that as well though which i quite enjoyed but mm. um, which we'll talk about in a second but um yeah i love all the side characters o'shea jackson jr pops up in there as well did, did you notice um uh, ice cube's son uh you know oh, from right, straight okay. out of compton so yeah, he's, yeah, he's yeah. like the leader of the kind of that newer resistance. Sort of thing. Ah, is yeah, oh, loved, is that uh, him? Kamal ah, Nanjiani. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Love Kamal Nanjiani. Loved, yeah, uh, the, uh, the the actor who played Leia. I really liked, um, uh, he played Reva. What's her name? Sorry, excuse me. One second. Um, yeah, uh, oh, Moses Ingram, Moses. who played Inquisitor Reva. Um, yeah. you, who else did you get in there? Really She's liked. off the Queen's oh, um, Gambit. She's. of in. Oh, is she? Okay, that's cool. Uh, India of uh, Varma, obviously she's from Game of Thrones, she's from Fleabag, she's from, um, yeah. what else? Is, oh no, she's not from Fleabag. Uh, she's Game of Thrones, she's from, uh, what is it? Luther. She's like the, his, uh, his wife, she's, she? She, she's like the double agent in this. She's the, the cool. turncoat, isn't she? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I really enjoyed it. But the, 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 the two sort of standout, well, the main standout moment for me, and not just because it's this action pack thing, but is the final showdown between uh, Obi-Wan and, and Darth Vader. It is, it's brutal. Obi gets his, fully gets his, his mojo back and he's kind of like flinging mm. rocks at, at, at Vader. But, um, I just liked how kind of brutal it was, you know, they're, they're, they're doing kind of Jedi stuff, but Obi then just starts going straight for like Vader's kind of chest panel. You'd go for, you know, you'd go for the, the you know, the mechanical things in there and then, you know, slices into his helmet and then you, you see, you see, Half his uh, face, you see yeah. Anakin in there and yeah. it's, oh, I was just like, oh my God, this is unbelievable. And like, I, I don't proper geeking out, but it's like, I didn't think we'd ever see this sort of thing happen and i was just like oh my god this is absolutely amazing and then i loved how he damaged the voice and it was cutting back in and you could hear anakin's voice in there as well as the james l jones voice kind of cutting back in and i just just thought that that whole sort of um 
set piece was just so so brilliant like that made the entire thing for me one last thing to say that um john williams came back and did the score for it and i really 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 enjoyed the score as well it was it was really quite memorable um so yeah a lot to like there's about five different endings which you know, it ends like, you know, the, the he goes to Alderaan and says bye to Leia. He goes and does this mm-hmm. thing and then he moves out of his thing and goes to he goes to Luke and then he, and then there's a thing with Qui-Gon and it's like, okay, maybe let's get to the end now. But uh, but other than that, yeah, I thought it was great. And I love, like, who doesn't love Ewan? Like, oh, oh, yeah, exactly. Charlie! Um, <laughs> Sorry, I love how he says um, Charlie. <laughs> I, think, I think for this, this, is, this will convince the sceptics who... Uh, who don't think that you know Disney got hold of the Star Wars franchise and the Star Wars brand and made mm. you know the, the jury's still out on the third trilogy if you, if you like you know episodes four five yeah. and six and sorry episodes seven eight and nine of Big Bud and yeah if it, it kind of proves to me that actually this is Disney have taken the brand and said look we are going to do some stuff. That gets all the fans on side mm. and, and goes, you know, this is why we've got it because we can do anything mm. and we're going to do this, you know. Yeah. Two questions. Yeah. A, you, you... I mean, oh, go on. A, no, go on. No, I mean, I mean so, somebody asked you when McGregor would make a sequel and uh, make another uh, series mm. and he said he'd be up for it. Do you think they'll make a series two? Maybe one? I think the whether they'll do a series two, they'll do something with with okay. Obi Wan. Whether he'll pop up in in another property or something like that, maybe. Um, I don't think it's needed. And if it does happen, I don't think we need to see. Um, he doesn't need to meet Leia again. He doesn't need to really do much with Luke because that's the whole. It's, it was so virgin on breaking that breaking. So- the the kind of canon, I suppose, to a certain extent. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but my, and but my he question... doesn't need to fight Vader again. They've done that set. That that's all done now. Do you know what I mean? For me. Uh, okay, so if they do something else again, do you think they've got space between this and a New Hope to do something else? Or or the, what I wonder is more likely is between this and Rogue One. Do you think they'll do something that? links a bit more with the timeline of Rogue One. I don't know how the timeline well, fits in. Rogue One ends literally as A New Hope starts. A New Hope begins. So yeah. it, it, he won't have anything to do with Rogue One. Uh, he, he, he won't do anything that leads into Rogue One because he's mm. he's in on Tatooine keeping an eye on Luke. He's he's an old man. You know, I say an mm. old man. He's uh, It's nine years <laughs> between between what we've just seen and a new hope, the nine years, so he, he ages quite drastically. How does he? How does he, how does he die? Because how does he die? Because I can't remember on a new hope. Is Vader kills is that... him? It's it's in a it's yeah it's Alec Guinness and it's when they're on the Death Star and it's it's the final showdown with him and and, and Vader and basically the fighting and then um, Luke sees them fighting and Obi Wan looks and basically Obi Wan like essentially mm. gives up. Because he knows if Vader kills him, he can come back as a Force Ghost, and he can he can be yeah. actually more help, I suppose. Yeah, more help. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I I wouldn't I would I don't think we need to see Obi Wan and uh, Darth Vader get together again. You know, not, you know, fight again because I think we, they've got nine, another nine years now to build to a new hope. Mm. If that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah sure. So there you go. Because yeah, because Luke Luke's apparently nineteen. In a new hope, and the the twins were ten, weren't they? In um, mm. in 
Obi-Wan. So there you go. Um, you really need to watch The Mandalorian because it is great. Like, it really is yeah. strong stuff. Um, yeah. Okay. And I, I quite like how The Mandalorian... All right, yeah. It, it, now it's kind of getting into, you know, the Skywalker star, uh, saga. It is connected in some way, but the first series isn't really connected. And it's it's great. It really is, like, superb. So worth a watch. Um, yeah. So that was a big chat about Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> great. Cool. I've watched the first episode yeah. of Stranger Things, but... Maybe we'll recap on that. What was, on, what so. was, hang on, what happened with Book of Boba Fett? What was that? Uh, what, so Book of Boba on. Fett is set, um, it's set parallel to Mandalorian. It's just after Return of the Jedi. Um, and I've watched maybe like three episodes and it's fine. It's not great. Yeah, um, okay. It's not the Mandalorian, put it that way. And the Mandalorian is superb. Anyway, there you go. So, released on Netflix a couple of weeks ago, the, um, a new, and, and, and I mean, if, you, if you'd said to me a couple of, like last year, a big release on Netflix would be a Rowan Atkinson property, I maybe wouldn't have believed you. However, Man vs. B was released mm. on Netflix about two weeks ago, and essentially what this is, it's a... Um, it's a film, but it's not a film. It's it's, 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 nine it's been described episodes. as a serial. A nine, a, yeah, okay, serial. I like that. It's a nine-episode uh, TV show. Um, each episode varies in in length between twenty minutes and sort of ten minutes. Um, mm. So you can kind of like you know get through it very very quickly. Uh, and a lot of people have been watching it consecutively um, in one sort of sitting, which is what I did basically. Um, so what this is, this, this is, it stars Rowan Atkinson, created by Rowan Atkinson and Will Davies. Um, and he, Rowan Atkinson, uh, plays, uh, Trevor, uh, and he basically is, is a man who finds himself at war with a bee whilst house sitting in a luxurious mansion who will win and what <laughs> irreparable damage will be done in the process. And this is just a wonderful, wonderful Rowan Atkinson vehicle for him to do what he does, um. It's basically Mr. Bean, but a little bit more likable Mr. Bean. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let me let me let me give you a bit of a bit of background about me, me and Rowan Atkinson. So um, I I essentially grew up watching Blackadder, Red Dwarf, The Fast Show. They basically sculpted yeah. my and and Monty Python. They sculpt and and far too young to be watching those things. I was probably about seven or eight. Yeah, and they sculpted my humor for the my entire life. I still quote probably Blackadder every single day of my life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I absolutely love Rowan Atkinson. I enjoy Mister Bean, but I'm not as sort of. I don't appreciate it as much as I appreciate Blackadder because I think Blackadder is a lot sort of smarter and there's a lot more to sort of kind of discuss, I suppose, in, in Blackadder. However, going back and revisiting Mr. Bean fairly later in, you know, uh, you know, obviously Mr. Bean started in, well, actually technically it started in the 70s, but on TV it was 80s and 90s. And then obviously we, we got two films, three films, yeah, two yeah, films. Yeah. Mr. Bean's holiday. So, yeah, first for Mr. one was for Mr. Bean, Bean, and Bean's, then Mr. Bean's holiday. No, uh, Mr. Bean the ultimate two. disaster movie, and then Mr. Bean's holiday. Mm. Yeah. Mm. 
So, um, and I enjoyed those films. I enjoyed I enjoyed the TV show, but I, I didn't love it. I went back and watched all of Bean, all of Mr. Bean, because there's not a lot of it, um, probably five or six years ago, and appreciated it so much more because there's so much more going on um, than you kind of appreciate when you're younger. Um, mm. And also I've gone back and watched a lot of like Rowan Atkinson live stuff, and it's all a lot of mime and silly. Oh, Lana Belfast. The really, really... Yeah, all that stuff. You know, have you seen the one where he's playing the air drums? Have you seen the air drums? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely amazing. So good. Anyway, so he's been quiet for a while. He doesn't necessarily need to work. The amount of money he makes from Mr. Bean. Like, Mr. Bean is apparently one of... At one point, Mr. Bean was the most recognized face on the planet. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Which it's, is well, it, it's crazy. completely inter- it's completely international and doesn't require any um, well, that's, dubbing. Or, or well, that's exactly, like that. exactly, um, exactly. So, um, so he doesn't necessarily need to work, but recently he's come back it was during the pandemic and made this Man versus B, and it's 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 a perfect vehicle for for Rowan Atkinson because he's doing this kind of his Chaplin esque slapstick. He's doing the Chaplin esque mime stuff. There's there's definitely Mister Bean in there. But he's more, and as I said at the beginning, he's far more likable and, and approachable and sympathetic for the majority of, of the TV show. And I think that's what works with this a lot more than than uh, than the Bean stuff. There's there's Tom and Jerry in there. There's mm-hmm. there's the kind of you know all the other kind of Hanna Barbera kind of cartoons. Um, it, the ridiculousness of those is in there, which I quite enjoyed. Um, you know, like the Wiley Coyote with his with the dynamite. You know, you could essentially yeah, take yeah. some of those things and translate them, put them straight onto this, and it's brilliant. Yeah. It works. Um, yeah, it's not perfect. It's a bit maybe sometimes it's a bit too silly, but I but I just like the simplicity, and I just liked the kind of let's just whack it on, let's just laugh. Yeah. You know, I I I and I sometimes. I sometimes think, you know, I like these dark comedies. I like these things that are, you know, you really got to think about them. And the humor is so random that not all, not everybody kind of understand. You know, what, like you know, like our Wes Anderson. We love Wes Anderson, but they're not laugh out loud comedies. You've really got to think about them. But then I put this mm. on and I was just giggling at a man falling over and rubbing his face in dog muck and things like that. Mm. And I was just like giggling, going, "I shouldn't really find this funny, but it genuinely is hilarious." So mm. that's what I got to say about Man vs. B. What do you think, Greg? Firstly, um, I mean, in a similar sort of way, Rowan Atkinson is such a big part of my childhood, and I'd say Bean first because Bean mm. was—I had quite cons- conservative grandparents on my mum's side who like sort of a bit pretty, but Bean was something that was acceptable to watch. There was Wallace and Gromit, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there yeah. was Mister Bean, and I just remember like <laughs> yeah, being okay. watching it with my grandparents and like, this is fine, this isn't, mm. you know, we're enjoying this together, and it's all is it, you know. Um, but then at the same time, Blackadder was very much part of my childhood oh, as well. Love it. My dad got me into that so much so that I had audio cassettes of like, because with that and Only Fools and Horses, for some reason, like I think Radio 4 <laughs> might have, have played episodes in that. Right, and it works. Okay, yeah, yeah. They yeah, work yeah. as audio. And I used to have mm. these cassettes and I had a tape deck next to my bed and I used to li- go fall asleep. Listening to Black Alice, nice. it's amazing. Nice. And um, but just real, yeah. just jumping real quick, me and Max went to Turkey when we were yeah. like um, I don't know twenty two something like that, and we um, we took a little portable DVD player with us just in case you know it's like the you know the yeah. odd night where you just like can't be bothered going you know going out or anything like that, and we yeah. took one. One deep, well, one box set, and it was Blackadder, and we watched every single episode of Blackadder when we were yeah. in Turkey. You know, it should so be good. out sort of yeah. partying, and we would just watch all of Blackadder because <laughs> it's wonderful. Brilliant. 
Um, Sorry, continue. So yeah. So so I mean, in in a similar sort of way, I I, I really love I really love Ron Axon. You don't see much of him in recent years because it, you know he doesn't mm. have he, he's not but he's not a big public figure either. He doesn't sort of come out and, and speak an awful mm. lot, and that's why it was so amazing in in 2012 when he popped up in the Olympic opening ceremony, and it yeah, was just yeah. absolutely perfect what he did there. Mm. And um, with this, it was funny. I was I was listening to an interview. Rowan Atkinson speaking about Man versus B, and he was saying how when they when they wrote it, you know, they, they were going for a more sort of subtle title, um, or something like that, you know, the housekeeper or the house sitter mm. or something like that. But in the same sort of way where uh, Le Mans '66, the Americans turning, t- t- no, 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 we have to call it Ford versus Ferrari. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, uh, yeah. They, they were, no, we can't. It's not obvious enough what it's about if we call it the house sitter. Mm. We have to no man versus B, <laughs> and <laughs> I, I, that's and it was Netflix who decided they were going to do that. Uh, for me, what, I, what happened was last week in bed because I knowing there were these ten minute episodes. I, I, I watched one in bed just as, as I was about to drop off, and I really enjoyed it. And then. The end of this like sort of heavy, 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 heavy week at work on Friday night, and complete cognitive overload. And uh, I thought, what am I going to do tonight? I thought, you know what? It's absolutely perfect. Exactly what I need tonight is to lie on the sofa and put Man versus B on. And it yeah. and it was just the perfect pro, perfect thing to watch at the perfect time to just switch mm. off and relax to. And it was just like that light comedy and the stuff that you know. I can't do it justice by describing it, but this this house that's very sort of high tech that he gets put sort of mm. get left to look after. When nothing, I love the fact that nothing is simple. Even though they've got all this money and they've put, they've put in this house, nothing is simple and nothing works so much so that yeah. he can't even open the kitchen units. And then by <laughs> chance, he does this does this motion where he kind of puts his hand behind his head and one of the kitchen <laughs> units opens so that every time he wants to open a kitchen unit, he has to sit down on the floor and put his hand behind his head like that. <laughs> but, it, but it's like off, that, off the back of that, the voice-activated... A uh, lock on the doors is like this particular <laughs> year from this battle, and he's got to do, he does it in a woman's voice. And at first, it's like, yeah, that's but like, he's going fourteen forty two, and it doesn't lock unlock it. It's like seventeen eighty two or whatever, and it's funny. And you and you're laughing. Oh, he's doing this silly voice, but then like later on, you forget about it, and like all this other mayhem's happening, and he just runs up to that door and goes. <laughs> 1442! <laughs> yeah, proper good callbacks. Like, he's yeah. still got to do this stupid thing. Oh, just, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's not clever. Like, no. the, whole, the whole concept of it is not clever. But then the odd thing like that, it, it's it's just a, a fun... But then there is a, a little ounce of like a sm- smartness smart. to it, but it's not. Yeah. I'm like, oh, love it. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. yeah. I, I, you know, it's... It's a, it's a, it, it is what it is, and it is very good at being what it is, and it's perfect. Yeah, exactly. But if you if you need that, it's the perfect medicine um, for mm. for a certain time where you just want to put something on that's just so light and so enjoyable. I yeah. really, really appreciated yeah. it. So there you go, man versus B. I I, mess, I I text both my sisters after I watched it and just said, "You need to sit down and watch this because I really enjoyed it." But the kids would absolutely love it and i think maybe yeah. i said to did i maybe text you and said like show the kids it because they will yeah, they'll absolutely adore it it's so funny hi uncle dave and greg we watched man versus b right what did you think about it tom my favorite part was when the dog got sprayed and when the car got cut open and when he also was dancing in the shower amelia what about you 
I really like it and my favorite part will probably be when he's dancing in the shower. So what was the story about? A bee. It was about a man trying to get a bee um, because the man doesn't really like the bee. Um, And the man um, looks just like Mr Bean. Do you think it was Mr Bean? It was Mr Bean. Bean. So do you think other people should watch Man vs Bee? Definitely. Do you think... Adults should watch Man vs. No. no! Yes! Tom no! Says no, why? Because they would get horrified about the poo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if you had to give it, if you had to give it out of five stars, how many stars would you give it? I would give it one out of ten. <laughs> one out of ten? I thought you liked it. What oh, would you yeah, give it? I would give it 11 out of 11. <laughs> 11 out of 11, and Amelia? A million, two thousand... Oh, my gosh. A billion out of ten. I think that means... No, minus like one thousand, twenty-four, six thousand, eight thousand, ten thousand, twenty-four, eight thousand. Out but of ten? Out of one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, say bye-bye to Uncle Dave and Greg. Bye-bye, Uncle Dave and Gregory. <laughs> uh, fantastic. So, would you say, Greg, that uh, uh, man versus bee is true lies... Or Auntie Lee's Meat Pies, a devil-worshipping woman sends out her four beautiful nieces to lure men back to her place so they can be killed, ground up and sold as meat pies. True Lies or Auntie Lee's Meat Pies? True Lies, please, David. Yes. <laughs> I would also agree. Where can we see uh, Man vs. Bee, Gregory? Man vs. Man versus Bee is available on Netflix now. Man vs. Bee. Chugga chugga. I mean, chugga chugga. <laughs> yeah. oh, so dear. I thought, okay, I thought you were following on. After the interview. We are here at Todd Phillips Joker uh, with Joaquin Phoenix, uh, Robert De Niro, uh, Zazie Beats. But we are going to take, I think, the Joaquin Phoenix line, aren't we, David? Where are we going? Mm. Yes. We are going to take the Joaquin Phoenix line down to 2000. And I'm going to say, let me think about this. I'm going to say 2006. Let's have a let's have a little look. Eh, eh, 20, 2005. God damn it! I thought it was. Okay, so you we are going to go to the two thousand five. I know we are going to go to the two thousand five. James James Mangold directed Johnny Cash uh, biopic walk the line and this is this film has a very special place in my heart because it's one of my favorite films and this is the film that got me into Johnny Cash and I absolutely adore Johnny Cash it's funny how like you watch you know people go I always remember people going I love Johnny Cash I'm like I'm never that bothered about it and then I watched this film and it wasn't even Johnny Cash singing it's Joaquin singing but I was like I love those songs there's something Mm. really special about those songs yeah yeah. well we'll get into this next week so we are going to watch Walk the Line um, and I cannot wait where can we see Walk the Line Gregory Walk the line. It is available on Disney Plus at the moment. 
Okay, Greg, what the hell is on the box for you this week? Well, through our Now TV and Sky Cinema subscribers, you will be able to watch King Richard from, uh, well, last last Friday from July 1st, uh, which, you mm. know, it's, uh, it's, it's a bit controversial in, you know, obviously the Will Smith thing and that. However, mm. I stand by that it's a thoroughly enjoyable film. Oh, um, yeah. And it's, it's a shame it's a good that time. he... It's a, again listen back to our commentary on the Will Smith slapgate, but it's a shame that that happened and sort of put almost like put a uh, a bad mark against the film. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Because we absolutely loved it. It was great. It was such a good film. Yeah, and 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 that's for me coming from me. I absolutely hate tennis. I think it's the worst thing in the world. I hate Wimbledon. I think it's wanky and elitist. And I think the whole world of tennis is completely elitist and crap. Uh, however. <laughs> Oh, it is. Um, something really but, bad happened uh, this week, Greg. Go on, what? My son, youngest, one years mm. old, loves football. Oh, I saw your little video. <laughs> He's, oh, dear. He would much rather play with a ball than play with anything else, and he'll just run around, and he's got a bloody good kick on him as well. And Who's he going to support? Like, well, you're going to have to start taking him to... Uh, Diddy kicks, it's just like this football thing, and I'm just like, <laughs> mm. <laughs> no. yeah. who's he going to support? Um, uh, Reds, Reds United Town. <laughs> it's See? like, um, did you ever play? Play? Um, was it Pro Evolution Soccer? And it's Pro Merseyside cheap, cheap FIFA. <laughs> yeah, Merseyside, Red. Merseyside Reds <laughs> versus. Manchester Blues. Um, yes. Cool. I am just what? going to be watching Stranger Things. Um, you know what? I'm going to catch it. up. Uh, now we're... Well, we've, I've watched one episode. It was like an hour and 20 minutes. <laughs> so yeah. there's a lot of it. Um, so, yeah, we're just going to gradually just sort of maybe try and get like an episode a night in over the next week or so. So I, I won't have finished it by next week. But anyway. But it was good. I enjoyed it. I do love it. It's great. So, yeah. Let us know what you guys are watching on the box this week. All right. Well, it's been quite a, a mm. lengthy one today, David. We had a lot Cons- to talk about. Considering, considering we were scrambling for content this morning, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> We've done all right, haven't we? We've done all right. Um, right. Yeah, I think it's the uh, bottle of wine. If I'm honest with you, it's certainly that helping you. Um, helping you. Cool. Yeah, it is on a Monday right. night. Anyway, uh, password this week, Gregory, is going to be. Uh, uh, Baldrick. All oh, right. Okay. Bald Baldrick. Flash art. Woof. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, anything Rowan action. Just, I could quote. I could quote Blackadder all day. What's your favourite Blackadder season series? Let's be English. Right? Um, it's, I mean, for me, Blackadder goes forth was always the one that I sort of kept going back to. Um, I mean, because of the sort mm. of poignant ending, really. Um, I really yeah. liked. What's the Edwardian one where he, um, Hugh Laurie's got the big hair and like the whole where he's like the prince. 
Is that yeah? Uh, that's that's three. He's the Prince oh, Regent, no. isn't he? Uh, yeah, that's three. But but it's the Elizabethan one. That's the two. one. That's my favourite. No, yeah, yeah two. Black Adder that's, two. It's the that's best. The... It's the best cast, isn't it? All yeah. around. Yeah, it's it's um, amazing with Queenie and that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Queenie and, yeah. and uh, uh, Nursey and Melchard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's actually the one it's where so I had the good. had the most like audio tapes of I think and oh really I had season two audio. so like how it goes for I agree with it is is excellent because it's actually probably the most solid season out of them all but two has the 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 best cast consistent cast because they yeah. all kind of drop in and out but uh, Miranda mm. Richardson uh, yeah. Austin, uh, as, Queenie. As, as Queenie Nursey. Uh, Stephen Fry as Melchard, then you've got Percy, mm. and they'll, oh god, it's just so funny. It's yeah, like yeah, proper good, unbelievable. Pro- Sorry, properly going on the black hat. I think I might go back and watch it. Series one's really shit as well. Oh god, <laughs> it just, yeah, yeah, because yeah. it was wasn't it just um, it was I can't remember the way around it was. It was either just Ben Elton wrote the first one or just Richard um, Curtis. Curtis, and then from season two. Whichever, which you know, whichever way around it was, the other one joined, yeah. and they and turned it on its head and made it better. Because he's a bit of an idiot in the first one, isn't he? Baldrick's the the Baldrick's the, the clever one, the straight one. Um, yeah, whereas, yeah, yeah, and they flip it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, sorry. There you go. What are you doing there this you weekend, go. Greg? Uh, well, it's Buxton Carnival on Saturday, so uh, we'll be doing that. Yeah. Um, I think Is Josh dressed up to- as a girl again. Uh, he is not. I think he's sacked that off now. Um, he's uh, yeah, not seen him dress up in a girl for quite a while. There's context behind that, by the way. And um, yes, <laughs> there. Uh, what I was going to say. Um, we have got tickets for Primal Scream in Manchester Saturday night, but I don't know whether we can make it work oh, with really? sitters and stuff like that. So mm. we can make the childcare work. We'll be there. If not, we can kind of do without it as well because we've got a quite busy. Busy old month where we're having to sort of utilise a lot of our childcare options over the course of the month. So yeah, yeah. What about you? I see, I see. Interesting. Um, yeah, probably just kind of unpacking again, carrying on with that sort of stuff. Max is out on Saturday. We having lunch with some friends, so I'll, I'll uh, take the boys somewhere, somewhere nice and fun. Don't know what yet, nice. but we'll you know we'll do that. Um, Thor at some point so either I said probably Friday or uh, or Sunday we'll go and watch Thor yeah that's kind of it really should uh, bring, bring, the next weekend bring, seeing you I was gonna yeah if bring I wasn't seeing you the week to, after hey, I, well you still can bring them to Boxing Carnival if you want it's a uh, it's a good fun hmm, yeah maybe. anyway yeah you could do it hmm. very welcome okay, to do it it starts at like it starts at like two o'clock and uh, yeah there's I mean there's a fair and stuff like that and yeah Okay, watch this space. Uh, Brilliant. Cool. Thank you, everybody, for listening. You can buy us a beer at buymeacoffee.com forward slash dads on film pod. Why not? You know, don't strain yourself. It's quite easy to do, everyone. You know what I mean? Anyway, uh, (laughs) uh, you can like the podcast, share the podcast. You can send us questions, send us reviews. Um, Jack hasn't sent a review for a while. What's he playing at? Not bad. Cool. Okay. Good. Well, I might even get Elvis in before next week as well. So we'll see how we get on. Uh, I'm not, cool. not bothering now. I saw someone on Twitter, somebody put Elvis spoilers, and it was just uh, fat Elvis. <laughs> just oh, right. Okay. I just thought oh, it was funny. Anyway. Cool. Right. Okay. Well, stop drinking yeah. wine, Dave. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Oh, Love you. Bye. Bye bye. <laughs>